0: Adam Cravens and Jane Ellen watch more movies each month than most people do in a year. Parental Guidance Suggested reviews new movies in theaters with no spoilers promise. These film nerds know their stuff.
1: Hello and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And
0: I'm Adam Cravens.
1: I bet you thought we wouldn't do a podcast.
0: (laughs) I mean, I I knew better, but (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. they're, They're like, literally, they cannot go to the theater. The theater is locked shut
1: nothing stops no, them
0: no no we're we're like terminators or mm-hmm. uh fungus under the no we're going to go with terminator, terminator that's better yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't i don't like that other
1: comparison No. and uh we did pretty much call it as we as we saw it
0: if if you had not already uh on the podcast last week we essentially um started saying what what happens next if they they do close the theaters um at, Maybe maybe they start bringing these things to stream, and mm-hmm. guess what, kids? Boom! They're bringing it to streaming. Onward is going to be streaming. Uh, Wonder Woman eighty four is being talked about being dropped on digital. Um, it's 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 going to be an unusual next couple of weeks, or or however long this it thing will comes comes through.
1: And I. Also, Wonder, uh, let's take Wonder Woman 84. And let's say they're doing it like they're doing the other things, like it's 20 bucks to rent it for 48 hours. Yeah. And believe me, if I could just see a movie for 20 bucks every day, I'd see a whole lot more movies. I mean, that's $5 Tuesday movie scene.
0: It's a lot easier if you can break it down and justify it, like, per your family.
1: Right. Now, let's say it makes a whole bunch of money. Do you think that would set enough of a precedence where they go, eh, we don't really need the theater after all?
0: I I, I don't think you ever get rid of the theater. Kind of in the same way that, like, you still have people that want to buy vinyl records. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still a thing. Now, the, the more advanced you get your home theater system, like, I have a Bose speaker coming out of a 4K Samsung television. Like, there's a really good chance in a lot of cases. Oh, those that, were my Bose speakers. That... They're awesome, aren't they? That bows, kids. Like, they're it, it really is fantastic. I like, give great gifts. I'm anyway. just telling. Like, it, it's like if looking looking into like the sun is like being smiled upon by God. This is like hearing His voice. If <laughs> if if God has speakers in heaven, He uses bows. Of course, he does. Just just letting you know. Um, but in most cases, like my theater going experience is probably superior to my. My, my theater like in town. I and the only thing I think that they can genuinely offer that you can't like I mean I can eat whatever I want. I can pause it. Um I've got the comfort of my couch. Um I can watch it with as many people as I as I want in my house. Unless it's something like an Avengers endgame or a Star Wars or mm-hmm. something that just it's it's almost I it's almost a communal experience. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would argue that, like, when I watch Avengers Endgame now, it plays a little bit differently than when I saw it opening night with, like, 300 other pan- fans that were just salivating mm-hmm. at getting to see this for the first time. Um, I think films like that have to exist there. And if you're going to make a movie that costs $400, $500 million, you're going to have to squeeze every bit of revenue that you can out of it. But, like, a, a romantic comedy that costs... Twenty million dollars or l- like say let's say it's on the more expensive and it's 50 million dollars mm-hmm. does that have to be shown in a theater like does, does an art house film like the something similar to like the goldfinch does it does it really need a theatrical release like now not i i, I think there, there are a couple of films out there that just they kind of define the theater going experience your raiders of the lost ark your your jurassic parks Pretty much anything Steven Spielberg's done that had had a budget of over like 50, 60 million dollars. Um, but there's a lot of movies out there that really feel more at home and can get more care and attention on Netflix mm-hmm. or like even if you wanted to you know, release it only for purchase first on like movies anywhere. Or if you want to do it like a streamer like us at like a Netflix or Disney Plus, I, I think depending on how long this thing goes, you really do see like a paradigm shift. Like in it because now people are sitting there going, "Wait, you, you, you let me watch this in in my home. I'm willing to pay additional, mm-hmm. like you know, like you were saying, like nineteen dollars or twenty nine dollars or whatever they whatever becomes the precedent that you set at that.
1: It's Just, still less than ninety dollars.
0: Or yeah, and getting like a a twelve dollar popcorn and mm-hmm. an eight dollar drink.
1: We all know
0: now. I mean, this does cut into like your your, your theaters,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, because they, I mean, they're obviously going to make money off, you know, people getting popcorn and everything like that. But, um, whenever, whenever you decide to shift in an industry like that, a lot of times they don't care that, you know, so-and-so, like whenever, um, music became downloadable, like you saw a large shift, mind blowing, you know, You, you saw a large shift in like the purchase of CDs or just like getting something in a hard copy, In general, like as as the Internet and as phones became more advanced and you could stream video and music at a rate that like you didn't have to wait six hours for a song to download or eight hours for, you know, a minute and a half movie trailer to come onto your computer. So, I mean, I think this one, this is going to be a moment we talk about you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now anyways. Mm-hmm. But there's a very serious possibility that this does change the way that movies are released in the future.
1: And this this intrigues me. I I don't use the Twitter as often as I should just because... You know. I got a lot going on. I
0: don't don't know anybody (laughs) I don't know that anybody should use Twitter.
1: There are there are some parts of it that I find to be very amusing, and it is generally when there's something on, let's say it's the Oscars, everyone's watching it at the same time and tweeting about it. So now that these movies can be available right now, Emma, the hunt, and the invisible man are all doing tweets with a viewing with the director, and in some cases, some of the stars.
0: So it's almost like a live commentary, yes. If you will.
1: So I'm guessing they're going to say, "We're you know, rent your movie, start your movie at this time." And right now, you know, the director will start it at the same time and just start saying, "And it's much this, more acceptable to do mm-hmm. it from your
0: phone at your house than yes. in the privacy and, and of the theater."
1: And as a fan of film. I love that.
0: Like thinking of the possibility, like doing this with a new Tarantino release mm-hmm. and actually having him answer a question that I have about that right. or just being like, you know, a point well it's made. It's on my name. It's on my name. He knows who I am.
1: Oh, I so I find that as a form of entertainment, I'm all for that. And I like that. I know that Mindy Kaling used to do that during her show, The Mindy Project, at least the last couple of seasons, she would live tweet during it. And that was super fun, so I like that the potential this is interaction. Idiots. Yes, yeah. I like that a lot, and so i I well, am I mean, curious to see and, how it goes. And
0: honestly, that does seem like kind of a natural progression. With like for for a sitcom, like people, it's almost like having them in your home week after week. Like you get to know these people, you get to know their idiosyncrasies. Like you almost feel like you know these fictional characters. Like to actually be able to interact with some of the people that do it almost seems like a natural progression from I, I guess the, the 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 immediacy and the connectivity that we're used to that seems like kind of a a a marriage between between film and social media mm-hmm. like it, it seems like a good use of the two of those things
1: and I also love um, about what I see happening with celebrities and i'm sure non-celebrities as well but i don't know random dude in wisconsin yeah but jimmy fallon and stephen colbert and just people neil diamond for instance they are doing concerts and doing fun stuff from their homes neil diamond who by the way now looks just like merle haggard redid Sweet Caroline, you know how the line goes, hands, touching hands, reaching out? (laughs) He changed it to hands, washing hands. Ah! (laughs) I don't touch you. You don't touch me.
0: (laughs) Okay, that is perfect.
1: Isn't it great? That's that's exceptional. (laughs) And so I love that. Watching Ellen DeGeneres just be bored and calling the famous people in her phone I could do that all day.
0: There's, there, there. I think you and I had had a discussion about this. Just there are some, there are some hosts that like this is very off putting. Like mm-hmm. they're, they, they like more of, you know, a strict, like, you know, regimen or schedule. But like there's some of them, like Ellen DeGeneres, that they thrive. Oh, yeah. When you put them into the unknown and just let kind of the, the chaos take over, mm-hmm. like that's, I don't know what it, like it hones their, their, their abilities yes. or, or whatever. And it just, I mean, you've described that. I haven't heard one moment of it, but I'm sitting, if you would have described that to me in like a pitch meeting, I would have been like, uh, absolutely. Why is that not a segment already? That's exactly, that's a brilliant idea
1: and Jimmy Kimmel (laughs) he he was reading what people had written about he was doing his little mini logs and such and someone they're going on and on Jimmy you have a lot to live for please don't be drinking like that and doing drugs and and I'm going to pray for you and I really hope you have a you have a, a great life and apparently they're concerned that he looks like he's doing drugs because of his eyes and he said look I'm Italian. I don't have a glam squad at home with me. This is just what I look like.
0: (laughs) This is when I'm not on The Tonight Show.
1: (laughs) I look like this. Sorry, kids. And he said, I appreciate your thoughts and prayers. I am not binging on drugs and alcohol. I just have dark circles. And then he picks up a photo of his grandmother. He said, this is my grandma. She was at a wedding. This is her at her best. Sorry. <laughs> so, and just to get glimpses into their home life, I mean, with Jimmy Kimmel, his wife is being the cameraman and apparently not laughing at the jokes. And it does land differently when you hear all these monologues and there's no other response.
0: Because you're used to hearing the, yes. I mean, you know, that that sitcom, like, bottled, you know, response, or the the laugh track, Um I, I do I do find it particularly hysterical that Jimmy Kimmel's wife apparently doesn't <laughs> think he's funny. It's in the same I think it was uh when it was either Robert Downey Jr. or Johnny Depp was talking about how they had like the that, that either it was either Robert Downey Jr.'s kids just didn't care that he was Iron Man or Johnny Depp's kids just could care less. That he was Jack Sparrow, but Jack Sparrow knew Iron Man, or the other way mm-hmm. around. And their kids were—they're th- like, "Wait, you know him? We can meet them." And they're just like, "I, yeah, I headlined a billion dollar mo- <laughs> why, why there whatever, Dad, quit being lame. Can you introduce me to him? <laughs> like, I, I, I love that Jimmy Kimmel, like who who has his own show on a major network. His wife's just kind of like, uh, yeah, here." I'll, I'll rec- how long are we going to do this? Can we? I'm I really, I'd really like to finish off those potato chips I've, I've gotten the. It's, it's the really
1: quite amusing how, I'm guessing he's getting nothing off of her face as she's doing
0: it. She's, she's probably rolling her eyes like behind the, the cell you know, phone or him whatever. To wrap it up, son. Oh, listen, sweetheart. Oh, I've, I've I red boxed that movie. I'd really like to see it instead of – you're very funny. I'm glad you pay the bills. Can we please wrap it up?
1: (sighs) You're listening to Parental Guidance Suggested, brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Ellen and Adam Craven's talking about, oh, not what's in the theaters, what's not
0: in the theaters. Which is a strange – I'm going to be honest. Like I had never even ever considered this possibility when we started – I know. The pod. Like, we've had slow weeks where I saw movies that, like, I didn't have a real interest in, but I figured that was as bad as it gets. I had never considered there would be a week where there just, not only was there not a new film released in theaters, but we could not get in the theaters. Like, my head still doesn't accept it. it.
1: It is hard, hard to think about. So we thought, even though it's obvious we don't need a movie to talk. We thought we would talk about movies of note, it is, landmark it's movies. It's still a
0: film podcast, and due to circumstances largely uh, beyond our control, um, we can still talk about films, and mm-hmm. we can talk about films that chances are you've either heard of or seen, or seen a multitude of times.
1: Or, if you have not...
0: Oh my goodness, this is a... Pr- Let's let's say that you're you're not able to go to work right now. There's a good chance this is this is available on Netflix. Like mm-hmm. you can like order it. You can purchase that. This the, the film is in most cases available like somewhere or everywhere.
1: Well, right now the movie I have chosen did a switcheroo. You don't know about. Right now it is available on Cinemax, and it's not available on other stuff too. You can rent or buy it on Amazon. You can rent it for $3.99. I own it, and much like Adam, I own it in more than one form because it is such a good movie. What landmark film, dare I say, blockbuster, do you think we're going to start with?
0: Well, I know that we'd messed around with Jurassic Park, but what you're telling me leads me to believe that it's not
1: that. It is not that. Because that's on land.
0: Are, are we going to talk about Jaws? We sure are. We, I mean, because we've never mentioned <laughs> Jaws. Now, Jaws. I, I have picked on both of those movies and said that Jurassic Park is essentially land Jaws. And Jaws is really just like water dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, they're and they're both directed by Steven Spielberg. And like, I mean, honest to goodness, like his Hitchcockian, like sense of anticipation is what makes both of those work movies work so well Jurassic or Jurassic Park at one point was the highest grossing film mm-hmm. of all time set a precedent for CGI in motion pictures Jaws the first film to ever cross the hundred million dollar mark uh, in its initial release like basically created the summer blockbuster as you know it now
1: now we're going to go back a little bit. Jaws, the movie, was based on the book by Peter Benchley. And Peter Benchley got inspired from a story that actually happened. So imagine you are in New England in 1916. You're out of the aughts. You're in 1916. World War One is all you're hearing about until, I don't know, 4th of July, 1916, You get five people go swimming, and only one comes back.
0: Which, by the way, is a great tagline for a movie poster.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Five
0: go swimming,
1: and one comes back. Anyway, there was this sea monster that was around nine feet long, and all of a sudden, in New Jersey, it's replaced the headlines for World War I, because... How bizarre is that? And these attacks happened between the 1st and the 12th of July. A reign of terror! The first recorded fatal shark attack in U.S. history. Now, we all know. We all know some of those pilgrims had to have been eaten by something.
0: But they were also not you know ha- able to have access to like the microfiche exactly. or whatever was on like the parchment or whatever they circulated new or, or the the gentleman walking around with the bell just being ah oh, la- lady uh lady smith uh she's dead mauled by a bear mauled by a bear
1: so <laughs> mauled by a bear so imagine this imagine you're on the beach and you hear someone screaming and you just assume uh eh, they're joking around
0: they're playing. That's dead.
1: That's what happened what, to the first what guy a, what that got killed.
0: Uh, hush, Ted. Yeah. You got us. <laughs>
1: People heard this guy being mauled, and they were like, eh. At the time, in 1916, scientists didn't know sharks could bite through bone. They didn't know a lot about sharks. There was no Shark Week.
0: What did scientists know at that
1: point? I, I don't know. I
0: mean, I would think the first person that ever studied a shark, like...
1: However... After they find a body with no head, because a swimmer, some random swimmer, had gotten mauled, then they started to realize there is something going on. So it's, it really is fascinating. And just to place yourself there at the time, it really, really happened. And you can read all sorts of things on it about what actually happened in 1916. So Peter Benchley knew about this, and he said, well, I'm going to write a story. And I recall that that All I heard about was Jaws, how I wasn't allowed to go and see Jaws. But I knew there was a book named Jaws, and I knew that it was a best-selling book. And it was a movie about a shark, and everyone saw it but me. And it became the first summer blockbuster.
0: Um, Again, as you—I mean, films were released in the summertime before that. But, like, this was kind of the first one that people came in mass for. And whenever studios, I guess, realized— the the prime time that this was. And you also have, you know, like, the, around the 1960s, 1970s, like, teenagers are also, like, coming into disposable incomes. Like, all of these kind of... The, this perfect storm of events comes together to create, like, this time that studios can now... Basically, like, you just kind of... You use the advertising... A, against a group that that wants to socially like congregate,
1: apparently one of the taglines to market it was, "It is as if God created the devil and gave him Jaws." <laughs> I don't recall that one. That's ah, pretty funny.
0: Well, this this that, this was before they had uh, perfected the the advertising.
1: So, think about Jaws not in terms of the story. Think about it visually jaws again this is 70s but jaws was made for less than nine million dollars so you've got the cast to pay a lot of money went into bruce the shark which mostly did not work and they're basically just hanging out on a beach and they need some boats
0: if if you do not know anything about and i I know you do um, oh i do if you don't know anything about the production of the the first Jaws movie, like it's a like it, everything that can go wrong with that went wrong. Like st- this is now this is well before Steven Spielberg is kind of like the the godfather of modern cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, this is th- they had given um, this major motion picture. To a television director like go back and watch like duel or like a lot of the other stuff like I think he did a lot of Columbo as well like he he had a lot of experience doing television but like this is the first time he had done a a film that was going to be released in theaters
1: mm-hmm.
0: and everything that can go wrong with this film goes wrong Bruce the shark sinks to the bottom of the <laughs> ocean the first day. They bring it out, which is also the reason you never see the shark in the movie.
1: Which is wonderful, because the one time you do see the shark, it's kind of comical, kind of not. But it's like, ah, ah, chomp, chomp, chomp. Eh, You could make a case that seeing the shark is a little funny.
0: Well, the the thing about it is, and like Spielberg has even talked about this in – like, the commentaries or, like, you know, interviews that he's done with it, it forced him to rethink the way he was going to shoot the movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, he basically just turned to one of the masters of cinema, Alfred Hitchcock, and he was just like, okay, I literally cannot show the shark. What what can I do to build this in people's heads? You get, like, that that iconic John Williams, the... Dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. So, like, you're getting the, kind of that... The the shark the shark eye view in some cases where you're yes. coming up on people. So you get to just create this image of this, like, bloodthirsty, like, killer in your head. You don't see it to the end. And like you said, the, the shark is not the greatest special effect in the world. And I think the film benefits from it drastically in that you, you actually only mm-hmm. probably see Jaws for, I'm going to say, less than two or three minutes yeah. really in the movie. I mean, it's... In the same way that like Beetlejuice is only in Beetlejuice for about 17 minutes, mm-hmm. like for the movie to be called Jaws, like you really spend very little time with Jaws. It's all a, it's just about how Jaws is affecting people.
1: So why did this movie happen to be such a landmark? They spent nine million to make it, two million to market it, and it made over two hundred and sixty three million dollars. Domestically. So it was the first movie to make that kind of bank. And all of a sudden, other companies said, We should do that.
0: We should totally have movies make a lot of money. Universal even said, We should make more of these Jaws films. (laughs) Yes, they did. Now, if if you haven't seen any of the other (laughs) Jaws movies, I'm just I'm going to tell you right now there's a reason why we don't constantly revisit Jaws 3.
1: I don't think I've seen any of the others. And aren't there like 18 Jaws there's, movies? There's
0: there's Jaws 2 which is a I'm I'm going to I'm going to give it at least a mediocre. It it is a it's a mediocre follow-up, okay. but it's watchable. Jaws 2 is watchable. It is not the first film, but if you really like the first one and you're tired of watching it for the 100th time, Watch Jaws 2. There's there's stupider things you could do. Yeah, okay. Jaws 3 is a dumpster fire. Ah! It's a dumpster fire full of baby diapers. Like, you, I can't describe to you how awful and just wretched and stupid Jaws 3. You remember those films that came out right after Avatar that, were like, really wanted to use 3D as a gimmick? Yeah. All right. That was like actually like technologically superior 3D. Like a lot of the movies were dumb that wanted to pull you in with it. This is that awful like green and red mm. 3D. And sometimes you would just have this image that looked like you were moving a a picture of a shark toward you. It, it I, I I've only seen it the once because is this I the just one with Michael Caine. No, that one's Jaws the Revenge. That's that's what would have been Jaws 4 if they mm-hmm. would have called it that. And that's when Voodoo controls the shark to take... Vi- I, I know, yeah. It, somebody, while editing Jaws the Revenge, I guess saw that um, and was like, that's dumb. We Voodoo? Voodoo Shark? Which, by the way, would make an excellent sequel to one of the Sharknado movies yes, at this point. Voodoo Shark. But, like, you didn't make Voodoo Shark movies... Back in the day, and send them into theaters, especially as follow-ups to Steven Spielberg's seminal, Jaws*. Uh, so they take that out. But the the book that is released that Peter Benchley did not touch in the least. The the novelization
1: mm-hmm.
0: based on the movie for *Jaws: The Revenge* um, has like a a voodoo priestess. Um, I don't even remember why she's angry at Chief Brody's family, oh, wow. but like the shark follows. Her to like the Caribbean or like she's on some vacay. I don't remember exactly where it is, but it goes from where she lives and follows her.
1: Oh, it sounds like a must see.
0: I'm saying like it's not it's not just a shark. She doesn't just have terrible luck with sharks and her family have terrible luck with sharks. This is that that shark that apparently wants to kill like in the same way that like Jason Voorhees wants to murder teenagers. This shark wants to kill the. The Brody family. Hmm. Um okay. <laughs> and it it's it sounds stupider the more I talk about it, but like that's that's the reason why no one like when, when AFI like re-releases like its top hundred movies, Jaws the Revenge never pops up in there.
1: And what's the last Jaws movie?
0: Jaws the Revenge oh. is the last one right now. They made a comical reference to it in Back to the Future two. Um, where it says Jaws 19. Now, uh, this time, it's really, really personal. And it says that it's directed by Steven Spielberg's son.
1: That's but, funny.
0: But that film does not exist and was not released in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But as of right now, and I mean, it, we are in the the world of remakes and reboots and reimaginings. I don't know that Spielberg owns the rights to Jaws. I'm assuming Universal does. So there's a very good possibility at some point Universal's just going to be like, so... We
1: can CGI the crap out of a shark. I mean,
0: we can make a shark kill somebody. Am I right? I, yeah. mean, I mean, am I right?
1: Again, remake the bad movies. What's,
0: what's Richard Dreyfus even doing? I'm sure we could pay him enough to show up in it. Yeah. So, if you have
1: seen Jaws maybe once or twice, I implore you to watch it again and watch it a little more removed from the story, as in how the shots were made, watch it and see things that you now recognize as classic Spielberg.
0: Well, I mean, like again, if you will look at a lot of other films that he's done, like, this is something he does, like uh, the movie Duel, which Mm -hmm. was a made-for-television movie that was actually released theatrically, um, internationally. Mm -hmm. It's about this semi that essentially wants to kill this this person in just like this regular I think it's a four passenger car Mm -hmm. somebody or a truck I don't remember exactly what it is but like it plays just like Jaws if Jaws were a a semi Um, and I saw this film years after I had seen Jurassic Park and Jaws and like you start seeing these hallmarks of like the way Spielberg wants to place a camera Mm -hmm. or like the way he wants to build like you know, your anxiety or the intensity uh, of the moment. And like he's shooting a, a TV movie that easily cost under uh, like a million dollars, probably several thousand at best. But it's it's kind of his training ground for eventually being mm-hmm. given Jaws.
1: Much like I believe you can recognize the guitar playing of someone like Jimi Hendrix or Eddie Van Halen without knowing it's them you can recognize the style of Spielberg or someone copying Spielberg. And so it is kind of fun to watch a movie from a different perspective and and think of it differently, even though I switch back and forth. Jaws is just so good. I say I put it on just to listen to it, and the next thing my butt is down, and I'm just – it's just so good.
0: There's a handful of films that, like, when when I – back when I had Cable – Like, if it was playing on TNT or TBS or any of those, like, there's some movies that it doesn't matter how many times I've seen them or what point I catch them, like, on television, I'll just sit down and start watching it. And, like, Jaws is one of just those quintessential pieces of entertainment Mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter where – if I catch it at the end, like, if I catch it at the very beginning – or, or if I'm just like, okay, well, we've got to leave in 15 minutes. Well, whatever. I'm just going to, ooh, this is where they talk about the boat. Yeah, I'm <laughs> absolutely going to watch this. There's, there there. really, it's, I, I don't think it's necessarily a perfect film, but like it is.
1: It's real close.
0: It's It's quintessential cinema, especially mm-hmm. if you are a fan of film or a student of film. Like if you have not like watched this film multiple times. I don't understand
1: you. Yeah, well, there's that. Even my kids have watched it multiple times.
0: I mean, even a terrible Spielberg movie is its kind of like pizza. Like, even the worst pizza in the world, even cold pizza out of the fridge, still pretty good. Like, and this this is Spielberg at his best. Like, Mm -hmm. Schindler's List, Jurassic Park, Jaws. Like, there are some movies that he, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like... Really, we could do we could do a a separate podcast just about, yeah, about Spielberg. Spielberg's impact on on cinema and his films in general. But I mean, like th- this guy, like when he is on, like mm-hmm. he he creates on fire. he creates iconic moments. And I mean, like I said, him and John Williams, like I can start playing that theme, and it instantly it like creates interest. that. That image of that fin up mm-hmm. from the it, and like I said, all you you don't even need like the entire score. You you need a handful of notes before you're you're imagining that that shark fin in the and water. And dare
1: I say that if it were not for the success of Jaws, I doubt Discovery Channel would have Shark Week because I think it made people aware of the creature because not a lot of people knew about sharks and, and started studying
0: them. And- this film was gigantic yes like it was just it was definitively huge like to the point that again universal made say two three they made three sequels in the same way that like you really have largely diminishing returns and quality on the jurassic park movies Mm -hmm. people like love that first one so much that like we're to the point that let's see there's three jurassic park movies Two Jurassic World movies and the I, asset, and
1: the a, asset, the asset,
0: and a and a third on the way. There is, there, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't make a billion dollars. I know people. People aren't like, how do we sequelize this? Well, all the main characters are dead. Well, bring them back to life. Exactly. I don't care. Make elven magic, whatever it is. Like just boom. Make, it's there. Make at least one. Who can we get back? What? Okay, Jeff Goldblum. Sure. Let's let's have him. Oh, dinosaurs.
1: That's for another podcast. But anyway. Jaws. If you haven't seen it, this century, you need to watch it, and you need to watch it
0: with good sound. It it really is a. I mean, like I said, and and I know I've I've brought the name up already in this podcast. Like it, Alfred Hitchcock's like sense of like what's going on around him, or like lack of showing what's actually going on and letting you play that in your mind like this is basically an Alfred Hitchcock movie like mm-hmm. but shot in a more action like right. style it like you can you can tell like Spielberg's influences like on his films and and like i said jaws is just you you really kind of need to cut like the clutter and the noise like just watch this movie and let it engage you and let it scare you a little bit
1: mhm i mean even if you know what's going to happen there are things every time i watch it I noticed something else
0: yeah and it like i said it's a it's a film that i i, I don't know that it's perfect but it's really really cl- like there's not a lot of fat to trim off this steak Mm-mm. like it's just it's just a delish delicious like sirloin, like just a new york strip of a steak
1: and having read the book and then watch the movie again right after I read it. A lot was cut from the book for good reason. It was totally unnecessary.
0: Well, I mean, there's there's stuff that uh, the, the Harry Potter books to film, like being a prime example of it. There's some stuff that works fine in a novel or a book or whatever that really just does not lend itself mm-hmm. to, like, a, a film. And... You have to know what to cut out, because otherwise you end up with a four-hour movie that has pacing issues. Mm-hmm. And, and as evidenced by his, his career you know, since then, obviously Spielberg has good instincts about movies.
1: He does. So Jaws is definitely worth your time. And uh, we'll come up with something, something completely different for next week,
0: because uh, that's uh, what we do. Unless she just lets me talk about Jurassic Park, or Hook, or, uh, or really any Spielberg movie.
1: There are so many movies that I'm trying to steer us away from because I feel like we've already done several podcasts on them. And yet, and yet, I can wrath a con it from from here I've, to the cows come home.
0: I've had to fight making reference to it on so many, so many occasions. Really every podcast we've ever recorded. Yeah.
1: So, Jaws, watch it. And thanks for listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen.
0: And I'm Adam Cravens. You've been listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.